0: Welcome to the Spotlight Lipedema Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Pelnitz. I'm not a doctor or a medical professional. I'm a woman with lipedema and lymphedema who wants to shine a light on what lipedema is and the challenges of living with it. This podcast is dedicated to everyone with lipedema, both those that know that they have it and those who remain undiagnosed. When I learned about lipedema back in 2017, I was shocked that something like this could exist, with most doctors knowing nothing about it. I knew right then and there that I had to play my part in making this disfiguring disorder better known, so fewer people will continue to go undiagnosed. My hope is that the Spotlight Lipedema Podcast will become a forum where we can connect to people living with shared challenges, concerns, and fears. A place where we can share a knowledge of not just living with lipedema, but thriving with it. Some place where we can learn from each other, and hopefully from some experts in the field. So thank you for joining me on my Lipedema journey. Welcome to the Spotlight Lipedema Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Pelnitz. I want to thank you once again for taking time to listen to the podcast. I know it's been a while again. Life has been pretty topsy-turvy for me for the last few months, but I see the light at the end of the tunnel and I think things will be improving before too long. Hopefully that means I can begin to get the podcast out more regularly. Once again, after a long two year search, I have finally found a new home with no steps that I'll be able to move into and which will enable me to rejoin the world. I've been basically homebound since October of 2020, which has caused a real deterioration in my mobility and has led to some pretty bad struggles with depression. I am hoping to restore some of my mobility once I can move around, get out and about, and get to physical therapy. But I know I still have a long road ahead. In the meantime, I think enough of the darkness has gone away to let me emerge from my cave and start talking to the world again. So, if you remember where I left off, I had a great interview with Beth Rylersdam, better known to many as Curvy Girl Beth. Our conversation went kind of long, but it was so enjoyable, I didn't want to lose any of it. So here is part two that begins with the launch of Curvy Girl Beth on social media. And if you haven't already found them, there will be links to Curvy Girl Beth's social media accounts in the show notes. So now, here's the rest of the interview with Curvy Girl Beth. So how did Curvy um, Bur- curvy Girl Beth make her debut when, when you started to decide to be, you know, uh, a body so this advocate?
1: It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a funny story, I think. So in 2016, in February of 2016, I decided that my son was old enough. I have a 13-year-old son now, 13 and a half years old, I guess, almost. Um, and... He was at a point where he could, you know, he he could be a little self-sufficient. I was very active in his school, so I had a lot of, you know, things to do there and roles to be involved in. Um, But I decided that I needed to have my own life, which I hadn't had for a number of years. And so I decided to go on this awakening journey. So six months into this awakening journey, I went to this women's empowerment conference in New York. And that was where I managed to get my concussion. Oh. And um, yeah, oddly enough. Um, but I was so empowered by that point (laughs) that I was not concerned. It was really, I mean, talk about mind shift, really. Um, so I, I had gone through this, you know, reading every kind of relationship book and, uh, um, uh, I, I'm trying to, I can't even think of all the books that I read. I read so many books in that six month period, but all things, that are you know all things are possible and it's how you react and how you think about it and that kind of thing and um yeah it was the summer of 2017 then that so with concussion 2017 in the summer I go and I do my first um photo shoot for a plus size online clothing uh person Mm -hmm. and i had when i was in college and i had to go to the plus size store whenever i would go to the plus size store i would often get uh met with somebody because i'd either be in manhattan or somewhere in new york and i'd be met by somebody who'd be like oh you should model and then they'd give me their card and invariably uh, on most occasions my mother would be with me and my mother would be like you don't be ridiculous you're a college student you're not a model you're a college student so okay there was that and then when i graduated when i moved to san diego i did some modeling for different stores or um in a you know local publications or things like that so there was you know i did have some of that um in the early days but so there i was doing this plus modeling for this woman and then i got my diagnosis and so after i got my diagnosis then I immediately went to now uh, I went to the conference for the fat disorders research Mm -hmm. and they needed models for the fashion show so I was like okay let me go model for the fashion show so modeled for the fashion show volunteered at the conference and I was met with so uh, well I couldn't believe that there were people who looked like me I was like what in the world is this first of all yeah that was one of the most amazing things
0: to me to see people that had my legs
1: yeah crazy I Mm -hmm. actually had never been on social media until um May of 2016 that was when I first got on Facebook because somebody at my son's school tagged me in a I had to perform at an event and they tagged me in the picture and then I thought oh my god I'm you know, I had all these friend requests, which I didn't know anything about this stuff, right? Because I was this parent leader. So all these people who are on social media, of course, they want to, you know, and so I was like, okay, I'll join the living. And so I (laughs) became, you know, that was how I got my first account. And then um, after I went to the conference for FDSR, then I was met by all these women. And I realized that so many people came up to me over the weekend and they were like, "Oh my god, the way you dress is amazing. Oh my god, your you know, your confidence is astounding. Oh my god, blah blah, blah whatever, mm-hmm. right?" And I thought, "You know what? There probably needs to be somebody who is going to speak for this group cuz this group isn't going to speak for itself." Um, and so I thought, "You know what? I need to get the word out there." And so remember, I live in Los Angeles. Right. And um, at this school in Studio City, which is exactly it's amongst all the studios. So you can imagine the population that I'm surrounded by, right? Mm-hmm. And I decided that I need to, I need to um, uh, enlighten, <laughs> I need to right. enlighten the Studio City folks that it is okay to have a butt. That <laughs> let's bring the booty back, right? Now, mind you, in my whole life, I never thought, thought that okay i never thought i never thought it was okay to have a butt because i wasn't taught that right i was taught that thick thighs did not save lives that thick thighs made boys run the other way is what i was taught Mm -hmm. that was why i had to go on that first diet when i was in the seventh or eighth grade because my cousins told me that you better slim down before you get to high school otherwise the boys are not going to like you um particularly about the thighs Mm mm-hmm so it is talk about mind shift from being a seventh grader to now and you know showing uh thick thighs on the internet exposed is just mind-blowing right um but when so that was how it started I started that you know I'm going to be a little kitschy and I'm gonna go on my vibration plate and show a wiggly butt and you know just be funny but what i Mm -hmm. didn't know is that there were people on the internet doing this like for real right there were people who were on the internet twerking and you know uh walking around in thongs at all different sizes and whatever so for me i have not fallen into the trap of oh woe is me because i don't look like that girl no that was not my social media experience at all my experience is like oh my god there are people that look like me Mm -hmm. and there are people that are walking around half naked in the world and there are people that are showing their thick thighs and there are people that um you know um are getting their fashion on because that has been you know, my whole life has been about looking good. I have always gone out of my way regardless of my size to make sure that I had something flattering on and that I actually looked in in some way that could be considered appealing so as not to call attention to any disfigurement that I had at mm. that stage, right? Because I've been all stages. So um it was really i think my love for fashion and beauty has really really had its roots in making sure not to offend anyone else Mm -hmm. right so even more so my my message of body acceptance is like if i can do it you can do it because you know like i was the girl who when i went to college My mother had to take me to get my eyes dye lash, my eyelashes dyed because I have basically blonde eyelashes and I was going to be mortified to walk from my room to the bathroom across the hall because it was, you know, seven feet away and somebody might see me without mascara on. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. this is the kind of like, you know, because I thought that at a minimum you know, I grew up with that. Oh, you have such a pretty face, right? So I, I was like, well, if I walk from my rooms, you know, I'm not, I'm going to be fat. I'm going to have a big butt. I'm going to have thick thighs. And they're not even going to be able to tell that I have a pretty face because I don't even have any eyelashes. Mm -hmm. So, um, so my message that I am, (sighs) consistently trying to bring across on my curvy girl Beth about acceptance is key I live it daily Mm. I walk it I live it I have been there I have you know I mean as early as last summer I you know had never been to the beach and my progression so in 2016 when I went to the beach I I had never been in the water in my son's life before 2016. Wow, and I went in the water because my son was getting a uh, surf lesson, and um a friend was with us, and she was having a day, and so I actually sat in the sand with her. Didn't know how I was gonna get up really from the <laughs> sand, but I uh-huh. sat in the sand with her, and then we got overtaken by a wave. I had a dress on sundress on to the ground. Cause God forbid anybody was going to see anything. And then now I'm soaking wet. So he comes out of the water and I'm going into the water with her. And he's like, what in the hell are you doing? (laughs) Because what do you mean? And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, my mother's never gone in the water. And he's, she's like, what, what do you mean? You've never gone in the water. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go in the water. And I had underneath my dress, I had men's, um, size 3x board shorts so they would come below my knees and then they had to have those big pockets on the side Mm -hmm. so you couldn't tell that I had hips so this is 2016 what I wore to the beach fast forward Mm -hmm. to my son to my birthday October 13th and I wore a bikini to the beach wow so and nobody died on october <laughs> 18th of 2020 when i took off my dress mm-hmm. and headed to the water nobody died mm-hmm. nobody no
0: not it, it was not it was not breaking news on cnn or anything either
1: it wasn't no <laughs> it wasn't and nobody you know backwards to last summer when i uh, so i had been to the beach in a bikini in for a photo shoot but I had never been to the beach in a bikini until my birthday October 13th for my actual own beach outing Mm -hmm. okay so last year I went to the beach and I had now I had switched to wearing uh, yoga shorts that come to my knees so as not to offend anybody seeing the back of the baby knees Or the baby knees or anything in between there and the, you know, hips. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I personally don't think that all those lumps and bumps look great. I mean, I I don't, to me, that is not a thing. If I could have the same legs and they were smooth, I'd be much, I'd be more enamored for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... um, Last summer I went and I thought one day I finally was like, you know what? Why couldn't I go in a bikini top? And so I went in a bikini top. And that was like astounding because that was the first time I had been in a bikini top at the beach since I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so like and on that day, nobody died (laughs) that day either. Nobody fainted. No, you know, um, some there might have been some. Crooked necks, you know, (laughs) there might have been some crooked necks because there was certainly some like, wow, look at those curves, right? Um, Right. which, you know, has been a learning as well that, you know, there are a lot of people that enjoy curves. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't remember if it's, you know, the year 2017 or 2018, the number one Google search by men was plus size women. So wow. I think that probably most plus size women would not believe that because nobody's talking about it. Um and I think that one of the things on my so what's happened in inadvertently, unbeknownst to me, um, is that I have drawn a lot of male attention on my social media. Um because evidently there's a lot of interest in curves and who knew Mm -hmm. I didn't um and I think that one of the things that really strikes me about uh the men's willingness to comment which you know people might find offensive um is that I feel like it's a free space for men to not be judged either Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: so many men have been in the same position that we have been in where they have to hide. So I've been hiding my whole life, my curves, right, up until the past year Um, and I think that what I hear from time and time again is that I, I had to hide from my family that this is what I liked. I married a woman who was a size two, but really, I think size 22 is the bomb. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't believe in all this, you know, people block people and people delete stuff. And I'm like, you know what, we live in a world of censorship. And if you can't look at somebody's comment, and, you know, turn away, because first of all, what do you have to read it for? right second of all like if it's not to your liking don't look at it right um and so um to me i feel like it's a place of empowerment for both women i think that what i hope when people see my photos um whether it's you know i'm in a ball gown or i'm in a lingerie or i'm in a bikini Mm -hmm. today my post today is i'm dancing in a bikini um I hope that there's somebody who looks at it and goes my god please do not ever let me get like that I hope that there's somebody who looks at it and goes my god I wish I could look like that and I hope Mm -hmm. that there's another person who goes oh my god that looks like just like me right I hope that it's all levels right and I hope that there's uh, you know from a from a sexualized perspective I hope that there are people who look at it and go, damn, that's good. That's what I like. I -hmm. hope that there are others that are like, oh, wow, is that what that looks like? And I hope there are others that are like, man, that's what that kind of woman looks like. I don't that. Yeah, no. Right. Like I, I, because I want it to be seen. So I realized that, you know, we've always been hiding and had we seen people that look like us it probably would be different because mm. we would have had an example and we would have actually seen normal bodies um, in the united states in 2019 september of 2019 the beginning of fashion week it was reported that 67 percent of women in the united states are over a size 16 mm-hmm. however only 18% of clothing manufactured is over a size 16 right so okay we're we're completely mm-hmm. underrepresented yep ignored. and not only are we underrepresented in manufacturing but we don't see people who look like us so I'm hoping that, you know, lipedema women can reconsider that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, we don't, we we are so accustomed to hiding, whether it's in a picture when we're, you know, if there's someone who's allowing a picture to be taken of us at a Mm -hmm. family event or at, you know, forget selfies well, let's not even talk about <laughs> just right. in, in normal life right if we allow because so many people don't even allow a picture to be taken but if mm-hmm. we allow a picture to, it is likely obscured there's the you know the five foot woman is standing behind the six foot man in the christmas picture right because just maybe a little portion of her face could stick out or they're they're you know standing uh this is a classic The standing with the two children in front of each leg, right? Because then you can't see what's behind those two legs. Um, I saw some picture the other day of somebody was sitting there with a kid on her lap and the other two kid were kind of like fawning all over the other kid. Mm -hmm. So you really couldn't, you really couldn't see, you know. And like the kid's legs were like in front of her calves as well. And so it was just like you know, I used to say I was the master of camouflage. Absolutely. You know, I could camouflage anything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's a lot to camouflage. But, (laughs) you know, I would try my best (laughs) to do that. Um, um, I'm hoping that we can, you know, start to normalize normal bodies and really start accepting that this is what people look like if you if you're at the grocery store and the lady is wearing you know from her neck to her ankle uh, a flowy dress you cannot see that she has lipedema under that dress right and quite frankly if you have lipedema and you are uh, of the classic shapely sort I am the prime example that you look much bigger when you have all those big clothes on.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You just do because it really adds more volume when you try to dress for your hips than if you try to dress for your top and your bottom. Right. You know, I have always been a very uh, big proponent of A-line type uh, dressing for someone with my shape. I remember when I was at my smallest, it was a size six skirt. Uh, I went to the store for Christmas time and I put on this beautiful long because even then I didn't want, and I don't really have that big of a, I don't have cankles and I don't really have that big of calves, you know, they could Mm -hmm. be bigger. Uh, But I like to make sure that, that at least half of my leg was covered. So I was trying on this beautiful um, long velvet skirt, and I had come in in a a pair of pants. And at that time, I wore only pants that were straight-legged, so you wouldn't see that I had baby knees in them. Right. And uh, (laughs) when I came out, the woman who was working in the shop she said my god if i was you i would never wear a pair of pants again wow and i was like okay all right and so i thought that she had a point because you couldn't tell that there were such thick thighs and such wide hips under there you could really just notice the narrow waist and maybe the curve um and so you know i i took that into account many a time but i have learned that that's really not necessary you should wear what the occasion calls for mhm or what or what you feel like that day or now i still believe that you should wear something that's flattering mhm um, you know will wear something for the curve effect in my modeling photos mm-hmm. that are not necessarily something that i would really wear walking around on a daily basis um but um and i can say that you know being home in this quarantine Um, I think that my legs, I think particularly, I think the particular part of my legs between my mid thigh and just below my knee, I think that has sort of um, expanded a bit because Mm -hmm. it's not getting the usual exercise that I normally would be getting because I usually go to the gym, I usually go in the pool, I usually get in 10,000 steps a day just being, right, right and you know on a good day around the house i'm getting in like a thousand steps a day Mm -hmm. um and you know there are days that i do my planned activity but it's much less than in normal life or has life used to be um and but what i have and i i will you know i can be a little freer and walk around with you know just a short dress on or you know, you know like one that comes to my knees that I then see my legs and so I've seen my legs a lot in the past seven months mm-hmm. and I think that just seeing them um, uh, there is a like oh really kind of <laughs> there's a oh really kind of attitude but then there's a also like Oh, really? Like I have compassion for you cuz you are really you've got a lot to deal with legs. Like right. these legs have a lot to deal with, right? So I've learned, I think I said a while back that I hadn't I didn't think that I had pain and I was a concern that if I had had surgery, I would might have pain afterwards. And what I've learned during this lockdown is that oh, I have pain. Mhm. It's just that I've had it my whole life and so I never normal. realized that it was pain. Mm-hmm. But now, like yesterday, I was at my girlfriend's house and I had my legs up on her coffee table and the edge of the table was hitting the back of my calf. And I was like, God, that hurts so much. Um, and I've learned that if she does that, it doesn't hurt her. Right. And I didn't know that. I thought that everybody had this experience. I thought when they sat in the chair and the outline mm-hmm. of the chair under your bottom, you know, after a certain period right. of time, right. that it hurts. That hurts, it hurts a me. lot. <laughs> I learned that doesn't always hurt
0: people. Most people, it doesn't hurt. And they're like, what are you talking about? Well, that was that was my so, big surprise when, because I've got <laughs> the, the batwing arms. Is um, when I found out that for normal people, it doesn't hurt to get your blood pressure taken. Yes. Was a revelation. Right. Yes. Because it always hurt. Yep. And it was exactly. like, you mean that's not normal? And I'm like, maybe that's why, right. why I've actually got high blood pressure is because you're squeezing my arm. Right. But exactly. In the too small cuff. Yes,
1: Right. Right. Because that does give a false reading. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, uh, yes. That, that, is, that was a revelation as well um, and made sense. I mean, the thing about the journey of having the diagnosis is that so long, I mean, I think up until the lockdown, I would have an everyday aha moment of like, oh my God, that's why that was in this time in my life like the the connecting the dots of how lipedema has impacted my life from day one is just consistently astounding to me yes um I, i had a momentary thought about my uh the other kind of outcome of my curvy girl beth page and when i was starting as it was starting to develop and I realized that at some point, there, I, was, I was gaining more male followers than female followers. And I thought, oh, this, isn't, this was not the intention. This is not how this was supposed to go. Right. I thought, what am I going to do about this? And it was right at the time that there was something happening with insurance. I can't remember, but there was something with insurance and lipedema and whatever. And I thought, you know what, this is really a grassroots effort. Because if these men seem to think that I am somebody that they would like to follow, then they probably have an interest in a woman that looks like me and perhaps means they have somebody in their life or they'd like to have somebody in their life that looks like this, which means likely that person Mm -hmm. has lipedema. They likely have known somebody in their life that has lipedema or
0: will know someone. Right.
1: And so the idea that you know you have a girl and you know whatever you you walk you walk in the door you see each other you grab her arm and she pulls it away from you because she knows inherently it's gonna hurt her she might not even know she has lipoedema but she knows that if you go to grab her arm it's gonna hurt her so Mm -hmm. she goes to pull it away and you think oh you're she's being nasty yeah you're being rejected she's being nasty oh this is how the night's gonna go well guess what now that guy knows that maybe it's not Mm -hmm. maybe it's not him maybe there's a re you know maybe I have to give her a gentle hug instead or you know or oh her legs really hurt maybe I need to give a little massage you know and really, the compassion and the learning that has occurred from that level has been astounding. And the and the messages that I get about, thank you so much for um, speaking out about lipedema. I had no idea about this. Um, mm-hmm. I realize my mom has it and she's seeking treatment. Or, um, oh, yeah, you know, that happens with my girl all the time. I i know
0: that you know whatever that's now i have to you know i know what you mean i mean that's part of the reason why i wanted to start doing the podcast Mm -hmm. was because you know i just felt like i had to put the word out there somehow too and You know, I I, I get so sad when I see people, you know, in the Facebook page groups and stuff when they talk about Mm -hmm. how they don't want people to know that this is what they have. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I shout it from the rooftop. I mean, the poor guy that came and sold me my carpet got a lesson on lipedema. I mean, I tell anybody and everybody. And I even say to them, I don't say this because I'm trying to make an excuse for how I look. But I'm saying this because if you have someone in your life that looks like me, Right. Whether it's your mother, your sister, your girlfriend, tell them. Your neighbor, your teacher. Yes, yes. Exactly. Tell them, "Hey, I met this lady and she's got something called lipedema. Maybe we should see if that's that's what ha- what you have." Or maybe, you know, or however right. they feel like they could address it with somebody. But sure. that's the only way yeah. we, you know that people yeah. are going mean, to like, understand. Like,
1: for me, you know, I now see people with lipedema all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. well, not in the corona times, but, you know. Like I know what you mean when, exactly. When there was normal moving about the world, right? <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, how do I approach them? Because I don't know that someone wants to be approached. So what I started doing is, like, I would go up to them and I'd be like, oh, you know, uh, make some nice quip or whatever, and be Mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, do you do social media? Because, you know, I could use a few extra female followers and, Mm -hmm. um, and then know that they're going to learn something and they'll take it or they won't, right? They'll, they'll, um, you know, maybe they know about it. You know, there are certainly people who know about it who don't want any to come anywhere near it and don't want to have any thought that they could possibly have it, but they're even more classic case than I am, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there certainly is that, um, and I do think it is a fine line of how does somebody, um, how does somebody find out, you know, Mm -hmm. um, is so, I I do think that there's a, there's a fine line and I never know what's the right Mm -hmm. thing. Um, I just had that within my own family. And I had a bunch of girls at my house, young, you know, young girls um, in their 20s and such that were all different sizes. And so we went around feeling feeling the fat because you know that <laughs> see I never knew this until mm-hmm. I went to Dr. Iker because I had my mother and if I felt my mother's arms right I knew what her legs look like lumpy bumpy you know 85 year old granny what I thought an 85 year old granny looked like who lost weight gained weight lost weight gained weight you know like right. mean, they look like that right <clears throat> but her arms and she had this big sagging um, bat wings mm-hmm. but if you felt them they've had little beads in her Mm -hmm. arms. And so when I had my son and I would be putting him in the, um, you know, and I was at my fighting shape then, I would put him in the car seat and then he would grab my arm and play with it. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is so mortifying, even for this little baby. Mm -hmm. But little did I know that lipidema fat feels like, in my case, it feels like a sack of pearls, Mm -hmm. right? And or it feels like little grains or it feels like sand or it feels like big marbles. Um, so I thought that that was fat. But what I learned from Dr. Iker is that real fat actually feels like butter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really, that is astounding. So I, I had a girlfriend who was a little um, like a classic apple shape. Mm -hmm. and she had a little bit of a chubby arm, and I was like, can I feel your arm? And sure enough, it felt like butter, and I was like, oh, my God, who has ever felt this? Like, (laughs) this is just completely insane. I had no idea. And so, um, you know, just even that for that kind of awareness is, like, amazing because, Mm -hmm. you know, the things that you can learn and don't know. So when the girls were over, I was like, oh, look, so this is what – regular that feels like because luckily thank god one of them, you know, had that. And then I get to her friend, who's not even, you know, part of the family, her friend, and her she was about, you know, like these girls, these the little girls were like size 4 girls maybe. Mm-hmm. And um you know, beautiful, you know, young 20-year-old bodies and I'm like feeling her arm and I'm like, "Oh shit." like I think excuse me I hope I was allowed to say that that's fine but um um, I was like oh my gosh look at this I think I feel some kind of tiny nodules and I like looked at her like with this like look of like oops like what did we find here you know and then um you know another had some not in the typical areas but in some other and i was like oh you got to go get that checked out like Mm -hmm. you you can't you can't not because if for nothing else for me the reason why girls need to get diagnosed early is because so they can take one of the weight of the men uh, one piece of the mental uh uh, concern the mental weight that this brings mm-hmm. is that until you know you're always going to think that everything you do is your fault you know it's all your fault right right and I really actually don't like that slogan like it's not my fault because I do believe that we have a very high um uh, we have a, a high contribution rate, right? So I think that probably had I stuck to eating my half of a lender bagel, even if it was, you know, a carb, and my diet cheese for my whole life and never strayed from any of that, I probably would not have gotten to, you know, 160 pounds bigger than I am now. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't have happened. Um, because I wouldn't have always been chasing, you know, I would have been trying to maintain. Um, And I think that that is the key to um, early detection is that you, you know what you have and you then start to make a plan of how are you going to attack it? And so if, if how you're going to attack it means I'm going to simply Make sure, even if you're already overweight, I'm going to make sure that I maintain this weight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That could be the simplest uh, mind shift, s- That it's not a simple mind shift, but mm-hmm. that could be the simplest solution that somebody could make to not
0: progress further than they already are at. And it also kind of helps, helps you to helps avoid you a lot of the BS, BS, stuff, of the BS that stuff that you might have done might have- Otherwise, mm-hmm. like for, for an example, yeah. one of the things that I actually did is I went to a hypnotist mm-hmm. because people had me convinced that mm-hmm. I was doing something that I wasn't remembering that I was doing. Right. You know, and like right. I, was, right. I was sneaking into the right. refrigerator right. at uh, right. three o'clock in yeah. the morning and eating ice cream mm-hmm. or something. I'm like, right. I don't even have it in my house. How am I sneaking it in the middle of the yeah. night? But they just had me so convinced that I was doing something to myself. Right. That, yeah. I that I went to a hypnotist mm-hmm. and had them, and giving, them me giving me subliminal whatever subliminal kind of messaging and to try and, and, and stop and me from stop doing the damage doing the that damage I wasn't even doing to myself. Doing to myself. You know, it right. was, just, was just, I was not being able to be successful following the traditional methods that I was taught. And, Correct. you know, so, and that's the other thing is, is I never thought to try other things because... You know, I'm one of those people that I kind of tend to follow the rules. So if the Uh rules are, Mm. you know, (laughs) that I'm supposed to eat low calorie, low low fat, whatever, then that's what I was going to do. You know, and if the, if the rules of Weight Watchers said that I was supposed to eat between this number of points and that number of points, well, then that's what I did. And it didn't work. Right. Right. Right.
1: Yes. And see, exactly. I've always been that very same way. I've had, um you know i always follow to the letter of the t and um you know don't have typically like incredible incredible results like mm-hmm. as early as uh, as recent as january of 2018 i went on a kind of a elimination diet <clears throat> um through a naturopath and one of the things that i had was um a whey protein shake that was all very all-natural, clean, clean ingredients and had stevia Mm. because that was a natural sweetener. And in that entire month, I lost seven pounds. And the doctor was floored that Mm -hmm. and said that that was very incidental result. Mm -hmm. And we knew that I had lipedema then, so um, very incidental Result, but i what i fast forward find in 2019 is that i am um reactive to stevia mm-hmm. so just by having that every day i was still keeping you know i was creating inflammation that inflammation. i didn't even know yeah. about so you know it's always a fine tuning i think and i think when you i think the biohacking becomes increasingly important the further stage You are, Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can, if you can start in an early stage and really hone in and really biohack, I think you can have some phenomenal um,
0: long-term effects, really. Mm. Yeah, I I do. Oh, I know. I mean, if I would have found this out when I was 25 instead of when I was 55, it really would have been helpful. helpful. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, you know, my mother used to use
1: this example of when we thought you were fat you know mm-hmm. like you know i weighed 140 pounds in in high school uh, and yep. we thought you know we thought i was fat because my best friend weighed 103 right so um you know we were never gonna look the same she was five two i was five four not really too much difference in height there mm-hmm. but her legs were like about five feet long and they were bow-legged on top of that so like my Thick thighs that always touched, even if I weighed a hundred and three pounds, were never going to look like that. But there, at no point was anybody who ever said, "Yeah, no, you're not going to look like that,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because you you have two completely different bodies,
0: right? Wow. So
1: I think you know the getting back to the curvy girl, Beth, uh, you know. Brand so to speak is like I feel so strongly that if we can just know that there are, you know, so many different types and so many different shapes and so many, and that really, I and I truly believe this in my heart, that I really believe that our uniqueness is our superpower, mm-hmm. and if everybody, can you imagine a world if we all were not trying to be what we were fed yep. yep like can can you imagine that like i can't i can only think this is not i can't only think of one thing like if everybody and i'm not saying that people are doing this but <laughs> this is the only example i could think of right at the second like if everybody wasn't trying to be an abercrombie and fitch model
0: <laughs> right
1: like can you imagine the world we would live in like if people were just trying to be themselves And I even have this on my page, like I get really, I'm a, I'm a big empath. So I get, I get really, um, like my heart hurts when I see people that follow me and they can't even put their name on their account. They can't even, or I have, you know, I have messages from people who who sing the praises and think it's so fabulous and uh what i'm doing for lipid or whatever but they can't follow me and hmm. it's like why is it that people are constantly hiding and it's because this is the society that we have developed we have really um you know if somebody has some one iota of a thought that oh maybe i'm not gonna fit in or maybe i'm gonna be outside the norm or maybe i'm gonna be you know whatever Mm -hmm. um it just it concerns me (laughs) it just does yeah Um, it's a
0: sad part of our
1: culture culture that it's that way way. but it is you know and i I want to say one more thing about, you know, male followers, and that is that I also think another thing that has happened within the lipedema community is that there has been talk about um, how, you know, men following um, women with our kinds of shapes and sizes are, are following, following us for a fetish. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, to me is very disrespectful to the men let alone to ourselves forget what it is for us but I think it's disrespectful for the men because I think that that is saying that you couldn't possibly like this because that's weird Mm -hmm. right because a fetish is an interest in something that's out of the ordinary right Right. uh, uncommon not typical Um, and so who are we to make judgment? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's truly what that person finds attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to believe that there's more of that than, than not. And so I find it to be, like I said, disrespectful to the men and of course disrespectful to us. But, mm-hmm. but this is what we've all been taught. You know right. we've been taught that you couldn't possibly you couldn't possibly find that attractive yet in the in the history of the world this is the kind of woman that's been seen since day one you know mm-hmm. a woman you know what does a goddess look like well goddess goddesses look like a curvy woman uh, i mean you know a hip uh you know a child bearing hips where did the term come from right um right. and so so yeah, I find, I find that all
0: well, I have one story from my, well. my past that I think you'll appreciate. When I was okay, in college, right. um, mm-hmm. I studied overseas in Croatia. Okay, Croatia, okay. It, but back then it was the former Yugoslavia. And uh-huh. at one point we had a two-week journey where we traveled on a bus throughout the whole country to learn the different cities mm-hmm. and the different cultures within the, 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 the one country. Well, anyway, what was amusing is one night, a bunch of us, the students, are sitting with our, our professor who was our, um, you know, basically the the main person the for the whole program. The whole program. Mm-hmm. And the conversation, the conversation came, up came up about how all of these Yugoslav, Yugoslav Croatian, and Serbian, and what have you, men, were all, men were all being drawn to me. To me. Mm-hmm. The big Mm -hmm. person. And And we got into a conversation about it. And to be honest, I didn't even realize that that was the case because I'm kind of usually have been oblivious (laughs) to people being attracted (laughs) to me. But anyway, so so one of the guys was like, (laughs) you know, I don't know. I just, you know, I just don't get it. I I mean, he was being rude, but he was being honest. honest. And he was saying, you know, know, it's like all these guys are just, you know, they felt like they needed to protect me because all of these men were 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 being attracted to me. me. And the person who was the director for the program, he said, well, you know, we have a saying saying here. And he said, in our our culture, culture, a woman without big breasts breasts and a big behind is is like a village without a a church and a school. school. Right. And And so there it it was very it was not necessarily normal, but it was very attractive. And it was something that they aspired to, to right. was to, ha- and, and never would have dawned on me. And the, the American guys were all like, nah, I don't get it, but okay.
1: So it really is a matter
0: of perspective and culture as well.
1: Right. Right. Well that, you know, that, oh, we could, I could get into such a long conversation. about this. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, that, that is, that is a very patriarchal, Um, ideal Mm -hmm. and um, you know dieting uh, started when uh, in Europe when they were starting to colonize the cities when they moved from the country to a city Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the men were starting to you know develop the rules of the town and how was the you know what was it going to look like and all of that and so now the women were no longer in the field all day cooking all day you know they They had a much more limited um, responsibilities than they Mm -hmm. did when they were out in the country. And so then they would sort of start to get involved in the men's conversations, even if it was at the dinner table. And the man would be like, you know, yo, I just talked to Joe about this. I don't need your impression. Mm -hmm. And so the women, in addition, were probably starting to have a little bit of uh, spread because they weren't active all day long, right? And so the men would be like, oh, are you, you know, putting on a little weight? And and then, you know, the women would get a little um, fearful of like, oh, what do you mean? You know, oh, I need to attend to that. And so then then they would go on these diets and then they would be listless and, you know, feel faint and all of this Mm -hmm. nonsense because whatever they were trying to, you know correct the situation and so then they would have no interest in talking with their husband about what they were talking about because they would then have to be so focused on oh my god what do i do to turn this around and the cycle began right and so um you know i think that that was certainly brought here and Mm -hmm. um has sort of been maintained as the you know the norm the societal norm um but i can tell you from that study of what's the most searched thing on (laughs) google right that's really not how it is you know so you know you find you know it becomes a very vicious cycle because you find you know many a man who you know went and you know married the college sweetheart who was the cheer team leader while he was the captain of the football team because that's what everybody told him to do Mm -hmm. you know but he was really interested in the big girl playing the tuba you know like (laughs) right you know uh and then you know people want to know why did he find her years later on facebook Mm -hmm. I, i mean it's just you know, it's a fascinating, it's mm-hmm. fascinating how and you're, much you're, aus- all, you're obviously fed. hitting,
0: hitting the right, um, right notes though, because you've got, because you've got um, just about 150,000 followers, followers and people yes, aren't following Instagram. something it's that crazy. they, they don't have any, uh, interest in or any attraction to. So that's, uh, yeah, I
1: think one of the other things is that I really try to keep my page real. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm me. Uh, mm-hmm. That's it, you know. I'm not some girl on Instagram trying to get likes. Um, I don't even really follow it. You know, every so often I will look and I'll be like, "Oh, look at that," you know, <laughs> or more mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. Um, but I really am, you know, just trying to um, make create awareness for lipedema. I'm trying to create the idea that you could consider i just want you to consider Mm
0: -hmm.
1: accepting your body and that doesn't mean you have to like it and it doesn't mean you don't have to change it it doesn't mean it just means accept that this is where you are here and now and that you can you know your body does a lot for you Mm -hmm. and maybe in return you could show it a little respect uh and love and not always have a Uh, a war with it um and um you know that you can be beautiful at any size and any shape and um you know follow, follow your heart in your um desires of what uh you know how you want it to look what you know what your fashion flair is Um, and realize that you know you're your worst critic Mm -hmm. and just like me showing up at the beach with in a bikini that nobody fell over you know (laughs) you will too right you know you will too and I do think one part of my journey that has been extremely helpful is that when I started that awakening journey in 2016 I started taking pictures of myself remember I was not on social media at the time Mm -hmm. I started taking pictures of myself in various you know dressed up dressed down dress you know in my underwear because i had never seen what i looked like in my underwear mm-hmm. um and uh when i went actually to dr eicher she said that monthly i should take a picture of my self in my underwear uh, so i could see how my legs changed um and i think that all of that even if it's seeing a picture of yourself it becomes much more um, palatable. Mm -hmm. You become much more able to accept that this is you. And I really do believe that if you look at other people who look like you, it really helps to know that you're not alone. Absolutely. Um,
0: So... Well, thank you so much for, for all of your words of wisdom. And I know I've kept you on way longer than we had expected, but you know, it was, to me, it was so important for people to hear what you have to say, because like I said, I think, you know, I thought you, one of the bravest people I know to be able to put yourself out there like that. We need more people like you who are willing to, you know, show with pride that all bodies are beautiful. So thank you so much for, for being here today. Thank you so much for
1: having me on, Lori, and thank you for, um, you know, creating this podcast to get the word out there, because I really do believe that every bit of awareness we can create is really, you know, moving the cause further. And hopefully someday, you know, lipedema will be a household name and people um, will, will know it because as we've been learning this year, you know, it is likely a genetic issue and um, you know, it's not gonna go away. So right. um, you know, maybe we'll in the future find find uh solutions to manage it or halt mm-hmm. it or handle it differently, but I think we're probably not gonna get to the point where it completely right. goes away. Right. 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 So, well, thank acceptance you is, much as well,
0: yeah. You know, acceptance is, and knowledge, is, and knowledge is, 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 is is our steps in the right direction. The right direction. Absolutely, true. yes. Well, so, have a well, great day. Thank you very thank much. You, you so too. much. much you All right, take care. Okay, bye bye. Bye, Lori. Thank you once again to Curvy Girl Beth Beth Rylersdam, for joining me for the podcast. I apologize for taking so long for me to get parts one and part two out there. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody who's been listening for your patience as well. And let's keep our fingers crossed that everything continues to move in the right direction and I can get the podcast out on a more regular basis. I appreciate anybody who's taken the time to listen and anybody who's sharing the podcast. I really hope that you're finding it informative and helpful and hopefully enjoyable as well. Feel free to get in touch with me through the Facebook page or on Twitter at at atspotlipedema.com provide any input that you can. Let me know what you think. Any topics that you'd like me to cover in a future podcast, I welcome any input. So until next time, which hopefully won't be too long, stay strong, have patience with yourself, stay optimistic, and just take things one day at a time. That's what I'm trying to do. Take care.